Good evening. Let's stand together. Book of Exodus, chapter number 12. The book of Exodus, chapter number 12. Real joy to be here. I'm honored to be uh, standing before, before you this evening in your church and amongst you and um, amongst all the home folks of Smithville, Oklahoma. Also, all the visitors, and I appreciate Brother Brandon yes. being per yes. persistent. He's been persistent. I told him a couple of years ago, I said, I, don't, I can't make it the next couple of years, but uh, after that, I will, Lord willing, be there. So uh, I'm real honored and privileged to preach here, and really appreciate Brother Brandon and Miss Emily and all, uh, all the work that the church has done. We, we appreciate all the meals and the administration of this meeting has been excellent. I've, I've enjoyed it. Amen. And all the preaching, I've, I've really enjoyed what I've heard uh, this last day and a half. Exodus chapter number 12. Let's read the first five verses. And the Lord spake unto Moses. I'm sorry, I didn't turn my mic on. I don't believe. Let me do that right quick. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Let's stop reading right there. Let's pray real briefly. Our Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. Lord, just thank for... This place, Lord, that we have met together in, we thank for your presence and, Lord, the, the fullness of the word of God that we have received in, this, in these days that we've gathered together. Thank for the singing and all the blessings and all the work that's been put into this mean to make this happen. And I pray that you might just bless this message. May it be used for thy glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I don't really have a strong title for this message, but I want to just take this thought, a new, new day for Israel, a new day for Israel in this chapter. Uh, I have four points in this chapter. I'm not going to preach those four points, but I want to just do this by way of introduction. The second thing in this chapter you'll find I call a memorial ordinance or the last meal in the land of Egypt. And then the third thing I see in here is a movement that was ordered, the liberty of those slaves that were living in the land of Egypt. The last thing, thank God there's a merciful opportunity. There's a law for the outsiders, amen? You would think, you know, when we think about freedom and we think about liberty and, and the merciful opportunity, you wouldn't think about the word law. But as we heard today, you know, the law is our schoolmaster to bring us unto Jesus Christ. So we thank God for the law. It points us to the Lord yes. Jesus. Oh, and but the, those are the two, or the two, three, and four of the things in this chapter. But I want to preach on this part here. Here in the earlier part of this chapter, a momentous 
occasion. This momentous occasion is about the Lamb. So I want to just bring that thought to your attention, the Lamb. And we read in these five verses, we talked about a Lamb. So the, the, the Bible is very clear and has distinct things about it. And it's very enjoyable if you're able to pay attention to those clear and distinct things. And he brings us to a Lamb. And then he talks about the Lamb. But once you continue talking about the Lamb, he will become your Lamb. So thank God when the day comes that he is my lamb, that he is your lamb. He becomes a personal possession, not only a personal possession for us, but thank God, on the flip side, he is a, we are his possession, amen. So a new day for Israel. A couple of things I want to bring to your attention. It's a time of change, a time of change. Real briefly will be my first point. This time of change is a calendar change. They were already, they already worked on a civil calendar just like we do. We look at August and September, October. We have a civil calendar, but this civil calendar began seven months prior to this new year, a new day in Israel beginning. So this began their religious year. Their religious year featured the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now we're looking here at this evening in this religious year, the very beginning brings us to uh, the the focus of the Passover and that focus is on the Lamb. This month is called Abib, meaning fresh fresh young ears or the the example of barley. You know, you can think about the time of barley harvest over in the book of Ruth. But it's not only a calendar change, but a change in Israel's identity. We heard about messages about identity changes in this day uh, from this morning's message. They were to become a nation, finally becoming a nation with rules and, and laws and sacrifices and different things that God instituted in their government. But they, it was an identity change. They were to become a nation, finally, the fulfillment of God's promises to Abraham later after the Babylonian captivity. Activity and thinking about this calendar and this change here, this month was given the, the name Nizan, meaning early or start. But not only it was a, ca- a calendar change, an identity change, it was a time of exodus as the book indicates. It was a time of going out. It was a time of exiting the land of Egypt. A time of victory and a time of significant hurry. This night that we're looking at in Exodus chapter 12, we're looking at it as a time of significant hurry. Everything that they did, all their preparation, even in the time of their meals. If you read in the in the latter part of this chapter, you'll find that it was a time of hurry. He said, you're going to do things. To, you got to eat in a hurry because we're going to leave in a hurry. You're going to be forced out in a way, but you're also going to be delivered from my side as God would, would lead them out of this land. It was a time of significant hurry. And it was a time of significant hurry because it was a time of death. The death angel was on 
on his way. Death was coming. The wages of sin was about to bring about the payday for those who would live in sin and would choose to live in the life of sin. It would be a time of death in this in this in this uh, nation of Egypt. All right, but it was a time in this in this chapter to stop and sacrifice a lamb. So it was a time of change. Now I have just two points. I'm on point number two already, but I have a lot of points on the point number two. I'm just giving you the warning ahead of time. Not only was it a time of change, it was a type of Jesus Christ as we look in these verses from verse number one down to verse number uh, 13. Give me just a second here. I've been waiting a while to preach. Boy, I've done went through a bottle of water, and I could have went through this second of bottle of water. I was picking up, picking on Brother Brandon Harrell earlier. I said, yeah, earlier today I said, yeah, you got to wait a long, long time to preach. And I've been waiting all day, and oh boy, the song after song has been good. But hey, when you're nervous and you got some nervous energy, it takes, you know, you're waiting a long time, it's brother. I mean, I just couldn't help it, but I've been through some water. But the second point today, tonight, the type of Jesus Christ. Now I want to say first of all within the type of Jesus Christ he is a separated or singled out lamb. Think of John the Baptist when he made that significant statement over there in the Gospels. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. So they were, to, they were to look at him. They were to behold him. They were to look out and say, Here he is, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. I want to say first within this point, there was a prior selection of the Lamb of God. They were to select this Lamb on the tenth day of that month, four days prior to the sacrifice. We read in the book of Revelation chapter 13, verse number 8, hey, he was a land slain from the foundation of the world. There was a prior selection. This was not by accident. This was all planned out by God Almighty. A sovereign God of the universe has worked all things after the counsel of his own will said he is the Lamb and he's going to save people from their sins. Amen. And I'm one of them and you're one of them too. Hey, thank God for the lamb that was priorly selected. Amen. Amen. Oh boy, priorly selected. But hey, it was not only a, a thing about just being selected. Hey, this lamb had to be pure. It had to be sinless. It had to be sin uh, uh, per perfect for the sacrifice to, of God to be accepted. Hey, it was a four, four days of observation. I want to say in this, a heavenly observation. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, said God the Father about his son but it's not only a heavenly observation it was an earthly observation Pilate said twice in Luke chapter 23 verse 4 I find no fault in this man and that you might know in John 19 4 that you may know that I find no fault in him it was an earthly observation religious group had tried desperately in the day of Jesus to accuse him of something we read that over and over in the gospel but we also read that he had no sin in him was no sin that we may be made the 
righteousness of God of a person who knew no sin. He did no sin. Amen. They had a full three and a half years to observe him. There was an earthly observation. Hey, I don't know if your condition tonight. Hey, I've talked to a number of you. Some of you have told me your condition. We've preached about that. Some have preached about their condition. Some have seen beautifully about their condition and their observation of the Lord Jesus. I don't know what's your condition, but here it is now. You're having your earthly observation of the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. And God will hold you accountable for your observation. How is your view of the Lamb? Hey, you want to do as John the Baptist said? Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He was a singled out Lamb. He was a separated Lamb. But also in these verses, you'll find, hey, he's a sufficient lamb, a lamb for a house. We read in verse number three, he said, hey, you'll take to them every man a lamb according to the house of the fathers, a lamb for a house supplied for each family and shared if needed to the neighbors. He was a sufficient lamb. Thank God. He is sufficient for you. He is sufficient for me. He is sufficient for anybody who will receive him under the power of God through faith. Amen. In his blood. He is a sufficient lamb. He is a singled out lamb. And also he is a sinless spotless lamb. Verse number four. That the household be too little for the lamb. He said that and his neighbor next unto his house taken according to the number of souls. Every man to his eating shall make your account for a lamb. I'm sorry I read the wrong verse. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Amen. A, fur, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, a sinless spotless lamb, it's perfection amen, required in the defined precepts of God in the book of Leviticus chapter 22, verse 21 and 22, God is perfect and requires his sacrifices to be perfect justice may be satisfied for the wages of sin is death, but thank God but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, amen There is a a perfection required in the divine precepts. There was an age requirement. It said one year old. It had to die in the fullness of his strength. Jesus died in the fullness of his strength. He died as a a young man. Amen. Thank God he gave his life for you and me. And he gave it in the fullness of his strength. When he went to the cross, he had enough to give in his body. Amen. Thank God for that. spotless lamb is a sacrificial lamb as well in verse number six what does it say and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of this month uh, same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening so what does that word tell us the word kill it indicates somebody, something has to die. We read in Genesis 3 very early and very fast after the first sin of Adam and Eve in the garden. Hey, there, has, there had to be some innocence, something innocent aside from those two individuals there in the garden. There had to be a death. There, there had to be a shed blood. Amen. Hey, there had to be a, there had to be a sacrificial lamb. It's, it's required here. 
here in these verses. It shall be killed. Ye have taken in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 23 by wicked hands. Hey, God hath whom by his determinate counsel hath given us Jesus Christ. Amen. The sovereignty of God. His plan that said Jesus must die and somehow Hey, wicked hands took him at the time appointed. Can you explain that to me? Brother Allen, I cannot. I just know that it happened, and I know it happened on purpose. There was no accident. It was all on purpose for you and me. Amen. Oh, boy, give me a second to catch my breath here. Oh, boy, I hope I didn't lose my place in the notes here. What does it say? You shall, it shall be killed. And at what's the time? The timing of that day in the evening when you take the reading of the margins in the Bible talks about between the two evenings. According to the Jewish compilation around 3 p.m. Jesus cried in the ninth hour, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I look at, hey brother, you mentioned that over in uh, first. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, when Elijah was offering those sacrifices, what is, that time? what is that time? What is that time of the evening sacrifice? Why did Elijah have the victory? He gave that sacrifice. He offered that sacrifice at the same time. Hey, when Jesus died, amen. When Jesus was crying out, my God, my God. Hey, it was that same time. What a joyful time that Elijah had. It was a time of victory because of the time of the evening sacrifice. Hey, he gave it at the right time. Hey, but there must be an application here in this sacrifice. There must be an application of blood in verse number 7. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. There must be an application. It takes more than knowing a few facts. It, it takes more than, hey, saying, I believe in Jesus. I've, I've done one, two, three. Repeat after me. It takes more than that. It must be an application of blood. Hey, it takes that. Why? Why must be it applied without the shedding of blood and without that application? There is no remission of sin. You cannot be cleansed if it's not applied to you. Without shedding of blood in Hebrews 9.22, there is no, is no remission. There's a combination to think about right here. Not only applied to the doorpost of the house, but also a partaking of the meal in the house. Wasn't it an interesting day over in John chapter 6? Hey, when that whole multitude of people, my guess is around 20,000 people, they, they had some ideas about the Lord Jesus Christ. They wanted to make him king after he had fed him. Hey, but when he started preaching to them, he said, you must identify with me. He said, you must drink of my blood. You must eat of my flesh. Hey, there must be a partaking of the Lord Jesus Christ in order for it to be applied. Amen. Hey, hey, we've gotten to feast these last few days on the Lord Jesus. Hey, we've gotten to enjoy. We've gotten to fellowship over the table of the Lamb of God. Amen. There's that combination. But it's a unification. In these verses, look at verse number eight. And they, right? Unification. 
and they shall eat the flesh. In that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. There's a unification. There will be simultaneous worship in the home. Hey, you wouldn't think in my mind, I mean, it may not be you, but just me. When I looked in this chapter and as I preached this chapter in our church, I wouldn't think you know, I would preach much about the home. But there is a lot stated about the home. It said you shall take, teach your kids. Amen. Hey, this is what you're going to do in your houses. It's talking about the home. Hey, the blood of Jesus Christ unifies us in this house, in, the, in, our, in our house at home, but in this church house. Amen. Amen. It unifies us. Simultaneous worship in the home, simultaneous worship in all the camp. This would unite them as a con congregation, the unifying work of the Lord Jesus. There's some directions here, here in these verses. He said, eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all, in verse number 9, with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. The fire, the picture of judgment, the unleavened bread, as we read about in these verses, talks about his purity, the bitter herbs, the past reminder of their bondage to sin. And past sins, the wholeness of the Lamb. It talks about not a bone of him was broken, maintaining the body of our Lord in view of a, a glorified body of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving us another view of our glorified body. Amen. Amen. Since he has one, we get to have one, something that we can look forward to. Amen. He said, you consume this sacrifice. And in verse number 11, he said, and thus shall you eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand and you shall eat it in haste it is the Lord's Passover there must be a preparation he said for this night their dress their long robes that they wore out in that Middle East could be a hindrance they were not allowed to let it flow loose he said don't let your hey, clothes be a hindrance in your walk with God he said it talked about their shoes, their journey at the end. And at the end of their journey is stated by Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 5. Their shoes never got old. Can you imagine that? Their shoes never got old, nor did their feet swell. Hey, I almost said smell. <laughs> it might be adding a little bit too much there. <laughs> Getting a little personal. Hey, that's good help in preaching. I need to catch up with my voice. You got any more while I drink my water? <laughs> I caught him off guard, didn't I? I'm just about... <laughs> oh, boy. The substitutionary lamb in verse number 12. I'm just about through. The substitutionary lamb. Death was coming to the land in verse number 12. Death coming to the land. I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. And I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. That last and uh, dark and destructive plague. He said, I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. He said, I am the Lord. Yes, 
and substitutionary lamb. Death was coming to the land. Firstborn judgment. Pharaoh's eldest son and his successor supposedly had divine properties. God says, I'm going to take him too. He said, I'm going to take your firstborn son, Pharaoh, and I'm going to take the rest of them. That's not under this blood. He said, not only that, he said, I'm going to judge your idolatry, this idolatrous nation, M-I-N, men, the Egyptian god of reproduction, and Isis, the goddess of love, who attended women at their childbirth. He said, I'm going to take them too. I'm going to judge your idols. I'm going to take all the things that you love away from you. I'm going to take it away from your country as well. Destruction could be avoided through this substitutionary land. This blood and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, destruction could be avoided. Looking back once again in the Old Testament, God presented the first sacrifice to Adam and Eve. Then Abel was that first human to present an acceptable sacrifice. Back to you, brother, again. You mentioned Abraham and Isaac. He went went up the hill of Moriah. Here's the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering it requires amen it requires a belief from the people to apply that blood romans 3 25 whom god has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood it requires faith it requires believing it was a picture of god's acceptance of a sinless sacrifice and their belief in it to apply it to their doorposts God would be the deciding factor as he, he passed through Egypt. Amen. God's always the deciding factor. Right, yeah. Arthur Pink said this, It was not merely that the Lord passed by the houses of the Israelites, but that he stood on guard. Thank God. He stood on guard protecting each blood-sprinkled door. Amen. Defining Passover as a shelter or protection. And he spread the wings over us. Boy, I think of that song every once in a while. I'm his child. Amen. His banner over banner over uh-huh. me is love. He has spread his wings over me. Has he spread his wings over you? If you're not saved tonight, you have no protection. You have no protection between you and a holy, thrice holy God. If you die in your sins, you will go to hell. Believe him, trust him, love him, serve him. Hey, he came for us. And if he's coming for you, that's a blessed thing. If the Lord has spoken to your heart any time this week, you're not and you're not saved. He has come for you. Oh boy, I thank God for the day that He came for me. Hey, it took me a little while, Brother Barney. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't latch on the very first time. I grew up in a in a Catholic home, 
Then no, then no one, Brother Raymond came and he started visiting and he was interrupting my TV time. And I said, the pre they said, the preacher is here. The preacher is here. And I'd run to the other room and I said, I don't want to talk to the preacher. And then Shelly was saved. The Lord drew him in. And then he came after me. Shelly came after me, my brother. He started witnessing to me, and I said, I ain't got no time for that. I'm a 15-year-old boy. I ain't got no time for that. He kept coming after me. He said, we're going to church. And I went and sat in the church. Didn't know anything about the Bible. Hey, all I know is when you step inside the Roman Catholic per uh, building, I'm going to just call it a building, it's not a church. You had to put your fingers on that sponge. I don't know why they did that. I never did do that. They wouldn't allow me because I wasn't a full-blown RC, right? Not the Royal Crown Cola. I'm talking about Roman Catholic. Yeah. I wasn't a Roman Catholic, but I attended because that's where Mama said go, and that's where we went. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I'd sit in the front. You know, Brother Raymond and them, they'd say, all the youth, you got to sit up front. That's my first few, first few times in the church. Well, we were in the schoolhouse, but we were having church in the schoolhouse. And they could have said, turn to the book of Titus chapter 17, and I'd have been hunting it for 45 minutes, not realizing there's no 17 in Titus. I didn't know nothing about the Bible. But as Raymond would preach, at the end of the service, the Lord said, hey, you need to be saved. You need the blood. You're going to go to hell. And then I heard somebody say today, about a preacher breathing fire out of North Carolina. It was the Bray. I can't remember the preacher's name. Boy, he preached hell hot. Me and my buddy, we were sitting that day, we were sitting in the back row because it was a special service of singing. And the Holy Ghost was all over the both of us. Hey, if the Holy Ghost is after you. Yes, amen. I'm like Brother Bob Doom said, I just couldn't resist at a certain point, Brother Brother Brandon. Amen. I'm done. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. Yes, sir. Thank God for the land. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a good way to close out a meeting. Yes, sir. Magnifying the Lamb and giving the gospel invitation one more time. Let's bow our heads for just a moment.